Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoopo and Johnson. We thought we might have to have an emergency pod this week, Guido, or, or maybe we were hoping we were going to have we to. Were, I think it was more, definitely think it was more of a hope for an emergency podcast as uh, uh, once again, it seems like it's now becoming a yearly thing that Collegiate Athletics, Division One, Power Five Collegiate Athletics just gets turned upside down as USC and UCLA, two California, LA-based teams, announce they're going to the Big Ten, and then all of a sudden conferences start to freak out, boys, and WVU fans along with it, Johnson. Yeah, and isn't it interesting that – with kind of the precision of a scalpel, the Big Ten just reaches out and carves out these L.A. schools. And then the Pac-12, which has sort of been one of those conferences that have kind of set back and sort of uh, poked and pointed at the Big 12, like, haha, what's wrong with you guys? Sent them reeling and you start to realize just how fragile all of these conference situations are right. Well, and I think I think Scoot will agree with it. it's like a, it's like our East Coast bias, right? Like Scoot's like Pac-12. Like who's ever cared about the Pac-12? That's like how Scoot always thinks. But like you know, the Big Ten coming in and seemingly like plucking away the two, arguably two of the larger names out of the Pac-12. Other than Oregon, kind of leaves the Pac-12 a little, you know, worse for the wear. And now I feel like it's a feeding frenzy. Well, it's funny. I read a tweet somewhere that now the trip between USC and UCLA and Rutgers is actually close. No, it's actually farther than Rutgers going to Iceland to play a game. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I read I read that one. I think I also saw Scoot that it was closer for I want to say UCLA to go to Honduras. And someone commented <laughs> someone commented on Twitter that hey look Honduras can't take the Big 10 grind. Okay, they're not an option. The, like the just a funny conversation that seems completely appropriate for that whole that whole topic all of a sudden. There's a lot of tweets about how like the when UCLA or USC gets to Michigan in the wintertime or in, in you know, late fall, how the, the players will react to the weather and that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's goofy. Like so the traditionalist in most of us says this is horrible. Like we can't have this because it's annoying. We complain. There's no regionality to it. Like it's like you're. We complain about having to play uh, Lubbock in Lubbock, Texas, and how that's you know that's what Central Time. If you're Rutgers and now you've got to play a game against USC on a Saturday night, you might kick off at ten nine thirty, ten o'clock. Like what the heck? Like. Not that there's a lot of Rutgers. Well, and Rutgers doesn't have any fans, so I guess it doesn't really matter to them. But <laughs> um, 
That's well, a we were complaining. We we complain about like Iowa. You know, up until the next couple of years when Cincinnati comes on board in the in the Big Twelve, we complained about like Iowa State was our low, you know, closest proximity team that we were playing. But I mean, if you're SC or UCLA, like what Nebraska? Like your Nebraska is your closest team now. Like yeah, I, I guess the only thing like with I think more so USC than UCLA, right? Because UCLA football, uh, really since Troy Aikman hasn't been much of anything to really get too crazy about but usc has been able to play notre dame and they've created some rivalries with some of these other schools because of their non-conference schedule um i don't know i think that's more of a lure and i think ucla was kind of like along for the ride and basketball with ucla kind of carries the weight there Right. So, Johnson, like now that, you know, you have these like what other dominoes are to fall now? Because now you've got you've got the ACC sort of on their heels. The SEC's bucked up now and they're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Like somebody's trying to catch up with us. We better get ahead. Because, I mean, obviously this was a play by the Big Ten to catch up to the Oklahoma, Texas grab that SEC had last year. So now does the SEC start to say, hey, you know, I mean, there's not really much left at the SEC. No offense to, I mean, we're all WVU fans, no offense to us, but I don't think the SEC is looking to grab a West Virginia or an Iowa State or an Oklahoma State or even a Baylor. Like, so now does the SEC start to look at the ACC and go, well, okay, maybe one of these Florida teams looks kind of nice. Miami, Florida State, you say? Maybe, oh, wait, Clemson always should have been in the SEC. Like, what happens now? Like, how do the dominoes fall? Yeah, and I think it's interesting that this feels like almost sinister, doesn't it, from the Big Ten? Right. I mean, we had spent, what, not even a year ago as recently talking about the Big Ten was trying to foment this, uh, you know, the alliance, Guido. We had the ACC and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten getting together in the quote-unquote alliance. And we were all angry as Big Twelvers because it felt like we were getting freezed out. And it's sort of like the Big Ten said, uh, hey, look over there. And when the Pac-12 looked over their shoulder, they turned back around and lost two teams. Like someone stole their nachos at a party or something. You know, this is <laughs> so weird. It feels so sinister by the Big Ten. And I think... To answer your question, the you know, we follow so much stuff on Twitter. The conversation that seems to resonate the most with me right now, and I'll ask you guys your opinion, obviously, but the the grant of rights from the ACC, because like you said, Guido, the next domino feels like, like the consensus feels like everyone would fully expect a Clemson, a Florida State, uh, a Miami, like you said, those would be queued up and ripe now as markets, as teams, as marquee names, as big brands. Because like you said, UCLA isn't really, from a performance on the field, a marquee name, but they're a huge brand and a huge, you know, they, they're in that LA market. So when you look at who's available, uh, those three ACC teams come to mind. The only conversation I've seen that makes a lot of sense to me is this grant of rights that the ACC has signed itself up for. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be strong enough to fend off or play defense on this stuff, but it's it's a terrible contract, I think, if you're in the ACC, but it goes all the way through 2036, right. and it's something that at least is sort of keeping this conversation at bay, or at least it feels like it is for the meantime. Now, look, you get enough lawyers in a room, I'm sure that they just toss that out and go on, or they litigate around it or something. But even, uh, you know, even this thing with 
these are the next three brands available, it seems like that grant of rights is really the only thing holding the ACC together right now. Well, and I think that's, for me, that's like, and then I, I would, you know, we have always been, you know, as the three of us especially have always been as WVU fans. Like, we're always like, oh, we miss the pit. We miss, you know, we miss those those regional games that sure. we could have. The Syracuse, the yeah. Virginia Techs. Like, we'd love to have those back. I'm not sure the ACC is the place you want to be right now. Like, I, and that's what I think more, like, as much as I don't love the Big 12, Scooty, as much as I don't love the travel, I feel like the Big 12, even losing Texas and Oklahoma, is sort of in a more stable place than the ACC is at this point. So I've come around on the idea of this Big 12, if we if we grab the four or possibly six Pac-12 teams that we are rumored to see join the Big 12, the, the four corners... Is, is what they're calling. So the Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Yes. So if we grab those, potentially, and I've heard uh, Washington and Oregon are in the mix. Maybe they're in the mix. They're, they're I think they're kind of waiting to see if the Big Ten will try to grab them or somebody else will try to grab them. Also, I think it's hinging on that Notre Dame decision. Right. I think. Right. So if we grab those, I would also like to go. Grab four from the ACC. Listen, and then I think we're in better shape because now we are in a if we're, if these conferences are going to get huge, the Big Twelve could potentially be America's conference with going coast to coast. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean I think it could be interesting, and I think it. So let's say we get um, the four four for sure. And then we go to the East Coast and we grab a uh, pit. No, I, I say we grab. These schools have to apply, right? So it's not like right. we just go out and say, hey, we're taking you and putting you in our conference. They've got to uh, formally apply. But you're working on the assumption that that grant of rights isn't enough. They get pl- They start getting plundered. Right, right. Yeah. Because you can sell to a Fox, a CBS, an NBC, uh, whoever. Hey, look, we're going to give you pretty much all of America because at any given weekend you might have an East coast team playing a West coast team. You might have somebody in the central right. time zone playing somebody on the East coast or, you know, West coast. So you grab Pitt, you grab, I would go Virginia tech. I'd go Pitt. I'd go UVA and maybe you grab, um, I really don't care who the fourth school is. North Carolina State, or it could be a Wake Forest, or it could be a Syracuse, or but but do you think that? So uh, I'm going to interject with a question to you though, because I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Like that would be, and as, as a WVU fan, then I think that what you're describing then kicks off that whole thing we read about for like two years around pods and scheduling around pods and thing, you know, lessening the impact of geography divisions within the conference. Right. right? So this is the East coast group. This is the middle. But do you think in our, uh, nothing in our prior history of being affiliated with this conference tells us or leads us to believe that they would make smart decisions and be proactive about any of this stuff. So do you think in this instance, because we had, I'm looking at some tweets we had from like Dennis Dodd, Pat 40, you know, they were actually putting out tweets July 1st, July 2nd, saying things like big 12 officials say there's, they, they don't see a need to talk to these PAC 12 schools. And conversely, 
the Pac-12 was saying they're authorizing people to go out and, you know, look at all expansion options. So I'm just asking the question, do you feel like the Big 12 will do the appropriate thing in this in this instance? Well, so to talk about like what, you know, the quotes, I guess, from officials, I think that's a lot of wordplay, Johnson. Like, I think they have to downplay it. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, you're right. And and I think at the end of the day, like all of these conferences right now, because I think we're on the path of like, there's not going to be a power five anymore. Like we're on the path of a power four and maybe even a power three, you know, sort of set up in the conference area. And I think, you know, it comes down to TV deals, you know, so right now. Do you think it's it's even three yeah i think it's three i do and uh, to be honest with you i think it's three and i think it's like you've got sec which is going to continue to be you know elite they've got their new espn deal they only want the schools that they want right so like a west virginia uh, uh, uh iowa state they're not they're not going to make it in an sec right those mid-tier i think I'm the only like, way they would is if let's say they go to something like i don't know 30 teams. Well, I think the SEC already sort of muddled, 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 the muddied, excuse me. I think the SEC already muddied the waters when they took AM, and I don't think AM has panned out the way they thought it would. And so I think now they're like, okay, well, we Missouri, only want the big look at Missouri. Missouri's. Yeah, look at Mizzou. Like, same same situation. Like, I think they're only looking at big teams. They want Texas. They want Oklahoma. They want Clemson. Those are big teams. Well, Those finish are big teams. your thoughts. And, and to be honest with you, between the, the other Florida schools, I don't think they want Florida State. I think they want Miami. Well, I don't, finish your I, thought, though, because it feels like there's going to be an ESPN conference and a Fox conference, right. doesn't it? And, I, and that's exactly that the direction we're heading but i think what happens is is you have an espn conference which is going to be the sec you have uh, a fox conference which is going to be the big 10 and then i think you know as espn tends to do they want that second tier of television and i think that's the third conference which is going to be this like mix of those acc big 12 and pac 12 teams mixed together so you get you know you get that you know, conference. The, the question is, is do they divide that into two conference? NBC has no interest in it, except for the fact that NBC has this whole deal with right. Notre Dame. And so Notre, Notre Dame, and I, I hate this, Johnson, like Notre Dame is sort of like the pin in the grenade right now. Like once Notre Dame makes the decision, I feel like everything blows up. Well, if Notre Dame comes out it, tomorrow. Isn't it so annoying that 20 years later, a lot of this still hinges on what Notre Dame's participation is. And I like how there were early tweets when this first started coming out of people that were like ACC fans or ACC writers saying, well, they just need, they already have Notre Dame on board. They just need one or two other things. And then the ACC solid. And I, and I thought myself, you, anyone who lived through the early aughts big east days it's like man we know better like don't don't do that that's a false hope don't hook your wagons to that but do you think do you think scoot that there's a conference that says to notre dame hey come on board be in our conference but go ahead and keep your nbc deals all your games can be on nbc no that's that's that's, that's where the problem is right and going back to johnson saying or i think it was johnson that said you know, what in our history makes you think that this is going to be a, a thing? We have a new commissioner who's got oh, a right. different is background. That, is that Jay-Z's friend? Yormark, I read yeah. Or Yormark, I think is his last name. Brent Yormark. Okay. He, yeah, he's coming from Rock Nation. 99 Problems, so, but a lot realignment ain't one. Or something. That's right. Ain't one. <laughs> that's right. 
And so I think that he's, I mean, shoot. Uh, if he makes a decision as to what he wants for breakfast, he's going to be more decisive than Bowlesby was. Right. Right. So like he's, and Bowlesby said that the conference was doing great, and the next day, uh, freaking <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma left. Like literally the next day. Well, the I think day. I think I'm a I think Scoot. You're usually more optimistic. Guido and I are kindred pessimist WVU fans. We're always waiting on the bad news, and and I so I I have a hard time getting confident, feeling like the Big Twelve is is in a position of leverage right now. And I think one thing that I wanted to ask your your opinion on both of you. What do you make of of, because this is one of those things that get under my skin that make me go see I was right in being pessimistic. We read something here lately, Scoot. I think you may have even shared it with me the other day. Where what do you make of this whole discussion around uh, maybe the Pac-12 or you know the Pac whatever and the ACC now combining and having like this end of season championship? Like you you read some of those scenarios too, like where they mesh these two entities together where they play each other that just says to me like oh oh crap we can't compete with what's going on around us let's try to make this something so that we can try to sell it to some television network because right, right. nobody wants this nobody cares about that like i you know i'm a diehard washington state fan and i'm supposed to get excited about the fact that we get to play north carolina <laughs> at the end of the season in yeah, football right, like right. Uh, no so, so like, let me, but let's 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 talk about this for a second. Like as WVU fans, so let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to WVU. Okay. Like as WVU fans, what what do we feel is missing in the Big Twelve? Scoot. Like you you your argument always is you don't care about the teams that we're playing, right? So W you, you don't care about the Iowa States. You don't care about Kansas Ames, State. You don't care. No. Yeah. You K- don't care low. about going to football. The Little Apple, right? For me, right now, let's throw Oklahoma and Texas out because they're leaving, right? If and, I look at, back, and, and here and here's the thing. Like when you think about this, when you think about conference realignment, it's funny because as all this happened over the past whatever three last three weeks, two weeks, I I, I don't even think about basketball. Like I don't even think about how it affects basketball. Yeah, I only weird? think about That's how it weird, affects football. It? Right? Yeah. Right. But think about like football. So WVU, you know, g- caught all of this you know, grief when we went to the Big 12 about how we lost all those games. We lost all those, you know, those games against Pitt, those games against Virginia Tech. Now, WVU and and Shane Lyons have done a good job of scheduling some pretty awesome, you know, home and aways. We've got four years coming up against Pitt. We've got Virginia Tech for the next two years. We've got Alabama in a couple of years, home and away. You know, know, we've got got a lot of good non-conference games scheduled. We're now at a point in the conference where we might be able to build ourselves to being a powerful school in the Big 12 because Texas and Oklahoma are gone, two teams that tend to steal a lot of that recruiting and win a lot of those games. I feel like we're in a better position now. Like I feel like I almost am happier with the way that it's going, and I would I don't want to see this change. Let's I mean if if let's be real, can I be real with you guys? Be real. I mean if, that's all I ask. If you. we're getting rid of Texas and Oklahoma, right? Let's take them. Let's right now this year we get rid of them. Where do we? Where are we predicted to finish? Sixth instead of eighth. Well, in the conference. No, I mean like I, so we get rid of them right right now. We are predicted to be eighth. In the conference, out of ten right. teams, correct. So you get rid of Texas and Oklahoma, that puts us at sixth out of eight teams because they aren't predicted to finish behind us. So 
while yes, it would be in <laughs> the traditionalist in our in, in us says yes, we should be a power like the Big East days, because that's kind of what this is going to leave us feeling like we're back in the Big East in the sense that the the schools are all um, some obstacles have been removed now. Right, so right, you... right. So we've got a you feel like you've got a better chance to compete, but. The but that's realist. kind of what happened. That's what happened for West Virginia in whatever it was. Right, Miami left. Two, right, yeah. Yeah. Miami left. Virginia Tech left, and WVU all of a sudden. I mean, granted, there were some great players and a lot of good things that happened. But for you, good coaching, like I'll give you all of that, Scooty. But like we spent five years being the best team in the Big East. Well, but to answer Guido's question, though, Skew, like what what do you need to see? And I have a feeling it's not the Arizonas, Utah and Colorado like that. I can't see that moving the needle for you in this conversation, does it? No. So for me, I need to see a couple more East Coast teams. And to be honest, I don't even know if we have to have traditional rivalries with them, but it has to give me some reason to maybe want to go to an away game. Or maybe but, but my I'll... question, my question to you, Scoot, though, is is like, doesn't the Pitt game in the non-conference schedule? Doesn't the Virginia Tech game? I think we've got, you know, a couple of other of those kind of games in the non-conference. Does not not satiate your need? Not at, at that well, point. Look, yeah, it's great in August. What do I do? For, you know, three months later in, in November when I have nothing. You're gonna have you're gonna have you're gonna have Cincinnati. You add Cincinnati in there. I don't know how I feel about Central Florida, but like, I mean. Listen, I, I if know. if Dana Holgerson's not in Houston, do we care? If Houston's no, a thing, we don't no, care. Right? Well, no, we don't care. I mean, we that's the only thing that makes that anything is that the fact that he's going to lose there. his job before he ever gets to the Big Twelve. The uh, the benefit, I guess, of BYU is maybe they'll do the haka on the field before the game. That would be something fun to watch. <laughs> I, but, I don't know. I just I feel like um, even though WVU does, I have guess a game Cincinnati's it right now for me. Cincinnati's probably the only thing that might be exciting past the first week of September. Well, and do you think these, do you think this expansion goes for, I think where I'm at on this whole thing, because, you know, every day we get new opinions and new slants on this stuff. I, I'm just wondering if, I think everyone is assuming, or at least I get the feeling when I read this stuff and opinions on Twitter that people think it's not going to stop. It's going to go to 20 per conference or something. I'm not I'm not entirely convinced about I think I think the Big 10 reaching out with that scalpel and carving out that Los Angeles market is because they thought that addition made everyone richer. I don't know that just then bringing on four more schools teams. just to bring yeah, schools. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And I yeah, think, right. I think that the might same... be more schools you get to cut the pot. Exactly. Eugene, Eugene Oregon yeah, isn't bringing right. a lot of TV Right, that's what sets. I'm thinking. Right. Or at least it makes me wonder. In the same way with the SEC, people are like, well, the SEC is going to reach out and grab. Well, yeah, if they can grab, you know, like we talked about, Guido, like, like you said, the brands, like a Miami or, you know, things that they know are going to make them richer and add to that pot. I I don't think you're going to see any addition just to go to a number, just to go to 18 well, or just to I, go to 20. I, I don't get that impression. I, do you? I don't get that impression either, but I do. I think, I think the, yes, I think the, I think you're right. Like, I think they're all trying to grab the brands and that's why, because there's no, like, again, WVU fans, please don't take this the wrong way. There's no brands really left, uh, giant brands left in 
you know, the Big 12. I mean, you can argue that Kansas basketball is the biggest brand right now in the Big 12. But other than that, the ACC Scooty is the where is the place where all the brands are left. Well, here's the thing. From everything we've seen, whether it be via Twitter, other places on the internet, sports talk radio, sports talk shows, nobody sounds like they're planning to grab parts of the Big 12. No. But it so, sounds like the Big 12's grabbing parts. Right, too. which I'd rather be the aggressor because here's what's going to happen, right? So, so are you if, saying you'd rather be the parts grabber than having your parts grabbed? Is that what you're saying? I, I guess. <laughs> Scoot, Scoot's, uh, I don't know like how I feel about putting it that way. But um, <laughs> I would rather be the conference that's proactive instead of having to be reactive. And I get it. Our proactiveness is basically a reaction to something else. So well, you are so reactive. To come full circle then, let's just give an opinion here. Do you, that's why I'm a little surprised. Like, why wouldn't just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Why wouldn't the PAC 12, right. the PAC, whatever the pack? I'll just say the pack. I don't know how many numbers. Coast yeah. Pack, the West yeah. coast entity, formerly like Prince, formerly known as the PAC 12. <laughs> why wouldn't right. they say, Hey, BYU, Oklahoma State. Like, why wouldn't TCU? You're, they in, should. That, you're in a big market. They should, but they're why, not. Why wouldn't they? they why I don't think they they've got a better deal. Why, I think you know, instead of just sitting there and letting their four corner schools go, why wouldn't they turn around and be proactive? I think some of that is their their TV deal. Their deal isn't as strong. I also think that those schools probably have some fear that it's not going to be a very good package when theirs is up. So they are, you know, I think the schools that end up leaving the Big 12, it's a set thing. It doesn't seem like it's really falling apart. The Big 12 did a good job, not a great job, but a good job. As soon as Texas and Oklahoma left, they went out and grabbed four more schools right off the bat. So that, hey, we're, we're solid. We went and got, you know, we took care of business. I don't see the Big 12 being picked apart per se. The only thing I could see is if the ACC were to, to, you know, get some cojones and say something to Notre Dame, like, listen, you're in or you're out, we got to move on. And then they start to be aggressive and maybe bring in a WVU, try to maybe see if, if Cincinnati would be more interested in going to the ACC. Maybe something like that could be a, a thing, but... Well, here, and, here, and here's the thing, Scoot, and this is the crazy thing about it. And like, we're not media guys. I mean, I know we do a podcast and we pretend to be media guys, which is what all people I have a lot of followers. Uh, I get a lot of Scoot, um, Scoot's got I all track my followers. right. I track exactly. my Internet uh, clicks. <laughs> here's the thing. And here's the reality of it. Like the Pac-12, like USC and UCLA leaving screwed the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 had a 13 billion or 3 billion dollar media deal with ESPN and Fox. So similar to the media deal that the Big 12 had, but the Pac-12's media contract was up and is up in 2024. So like you you couldn't have happened this couldn't have happened at a, at a worse right. time because they're in the middle of renegotiating that contract deal. So now like who if it's ESPN, if it's Fox, they've got the upper hand saying, Hey, listen, you don't you don't have anything left. On the other hand, the ACC is locked into this crazy deal yeah. that they have until what, twenty thirty five or twenty thirty seven? It's a long time. So it's yeah. like it puts it, it puts those Pac-12 schools in a, p- a position where they're just like, what do we do? Because nobody's going to – like, they're going to lose tons of money. Because, like, listen, everything about college football that you know 
comes from TV deals. Like, take everything out of it. It's all TV deals, guys. Like, And so the Big 12 is in a great position because that's a new deal that they just renegotiated. They're locked into. It's a, it's a decent deal. And I think that the Pac-12, and this is why the Pac-12 is going to get picked apart in this whole thing, is because those schools are going to be like, you know what? I'm willing to take a slice of the pie that I know is guaranteed versus something that we're trying to negotiate. Take, take time zone out of it, okay? Take time zone out of it. As a college football fan, just a generic college football fan, take your WVU fandom, put that aside. Are you more likely to watch – well, let me ask it. Are you likely to watch a random Saturday night SEC matchup? Auburn against South Carolina. Would you watch that? Well, no, here's the problem. Uh, this is where I, what I, what's going to happen, Scoot, is it used to be that I would watch like whatever WVU game was either at, you know, noon or three or seven. And then at night at 1030 or 10 o'clock, I'd turn on the TV and I'd watch some random like, OK, yeah. let's watch Stanford play right. Oregon, Oregon State, State because that was something. all that was on. Yeah. Oh, Hawaii's playing. You know, that's what would happen now. Now what's going to happen, though, and this is where the Big 12 is smart. Like now, what's going to happen is they're going to lock up that that ten o'clock game because now instead of watching Stanford play Oregon State or Hawaii, you're going to watch Rutgers play USC, or you're going to watch Nebraska play UCLA. Or you could, I That's, guess, in our case, watch BYU play Utah, or maybe an Arizona play. You know, at least you would have something right. that would maybe sell you on having those Western editions. Well, my point, my for me, I'm not watching those random Pac-12 games. Maybe you did, but I didn't. So my thought was, one, because I'm a real football fan. No, that's not you know. true. Well, but I would it's do the me- same thing that Guido's described. I mean, I love. I would watch college football all day long, and when I, if I'm still up in eleven, yeah, I'm watching. I'm, I, I'm watching Even Oregon I'm, State play right. Cal or something. I mean, it's on. I may not be like you know well, edge of my seat, but it's on. Those schools, the two you just mentioned, they're in trouble because no one's talking about. Man, we got to get Cal, yeah, Oregon State, sure. right. Washington Absolutely. State, right. also in trouble. Um, those are the schools that are going to get left put in. They're going to be dropped into either the mid or the what is that called Mountain West Conference right. well, or something like so that. So that's sort of a segue. I have one last question. Can I ask you guys my one last question? So on, yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. So on on <laughs> on my mind though is is this all uh, a lot of action and activity and this frenzy of discussion on where these final dominoes fall? Are we watching the SEC and the Big 12 create the top tier? And when this is all done, we are going to be participating in and talking about the next tier down of football. Is that is I that what we're, is that what we're is that what we're watching here? For for so WVU. forget power five, power two, power whatever. Are we watching the formation of? division 1a and division 1b and wvu will be participating in division 1b is that what we're i think i think the three i think if you're in those three you're good what if you're not in the three three? i think the big 12 because i think that's going to be a thing i don't it seems to be the most stable even though the acc so you think the acc and the pac-12 are the ones that are i think they're in trouble i do and i think part of the acc's problem is this long deal because I think some of these schools are going to feel like, you know, when, right. when the TV's renegotiating here now, they're going to get 
an opportunity okay. to get more money. Okay. Well, Scoot, let me frame so, it another way then. Cause I think, remember how we used to talk about the power four or whatever, and it was going to be like 64 te- Remember people have prophesied right. forever. 16 teams for conference. We're going to have four major conferences, 64 teams. So they tried to slot in who they thought the top 64 brands were or whatever. I guess my pessimist Guido lately is wondering, is that really the top like 40? No. And then you have like this next, like, unfortunately you then have this next level down. That's like the next 25 or 30 schools. And then everyone else below that is really out. What I think, I, I, no, hold on. So I think that what's happening here, Johnson, you know what, you're, you know what you're I mean? going down. Like, you're going down the right. I know what you mean, 100. percent You're going down the right path. Like I think that it'll never be called that. Like you're never talking about one A, one B. I I think yeah. Are we going to a true power two? Absolutely, because we all know that we're moving towards at least an eight, and if not a 16 team playoff in the NCAA right now. Right? That's happening. Like it's it's going to happen. There's no way that the NCAA gives up the money that is going to be available there. They just need to work it out with the bowls. So now you look at it and you go, okay, well, let's start with eight teams. So you get eight teams. You got four teams from those power two conferences, let's call them. You've got a big 12 team and maybe ACC survives. So you get an ACC team and two at larges because you want to be able to let, you know, those, you know, whatever central Florida's be able to get in when they have undefeated seasons against nobody. So like, I think that that's, that's where, the direction is Johnson like you're not far off from the fact that like and 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 the forget like what you like regionality is gone like the the rivalries are gonna have to be scheduled like West Virginia schedule them now you want to play pit you want to have the backyard brawl that's got to be outside yeah, of whatever your conference right. is that's not happen. it's not you know it's you know unless you're lucky enough to be you know an Alabama and an Auburn unless you're lucky enough you know I'm sorry like you you know South Carolina and Clemson that whole that whole deal that's going to get broken up because South Carolina ain't making it to the SEC and Clemson is so those are the kind of things that are going to start to like break apart but you're not far off Johnson because I think you're going to have and I and I'm even going one step further like I think you're going to have the SEC the Big 12 trying to or Big 10 trying to keep up and then everybody I'm else. just I've and moved from I think my worry now is I've moved from I want WVU to land in one of these top t- conferences or at least the ACC for my regional just own enjoyment of watching them play those teams my that which was my traditional worry or want or you know anxiety i feel like with all of this my anxiety is starting to shift to i just want them to be somewhere where they're still at the big boy table you know what i mean like even if we're still in this weird big 12 conglomerate you know that spans you know maybe across even more time zones i can maybe live with that I mean, I don't want that, right. but I guess I'll live with that if it means we're still in that, you know. Yeah, uh, Scooty, I think that, I mean, I, I think that WVU stays relevant in all of this. Like, are we as relevant as Alabama? No. Are we ever going to be as relevant as, you know, Alabama or Miami or, you know, whatever? No, we're never going to be. We're never going to be that well, team. I, but I, I think we're to, still relevant. I was, um, since all this conference talk has been going on, I've tuned more into uh, ESPNU radio during the week, and they had an interview with uh, Kirk Herbstreet. And while at times Kirk Herbstreet is annoying, Herbie, but he, 
I would think is in some of these circles where they're talking not only college football, but they're talking about networks and things of that sort. Right. And he made the comment that what's happening is you're going to see two gigantic leagues and it's almost going to be like the AFC and the NFC. And it's yeah. basically going to be the NFL football on Saturdays. You'll have these two conferences. They're going to work in a playoff. And then maybe you have the, the winner of that conference play the winner of the other conference for the championship. And then like you guys said, these other schools will filter in. It's like, I don't think they'll call it like a one a, because in a way that comes across as demeaning, and I don't think that and it's hard to recruit to that. So I think it'll be something else, some other name, whether it be, I don't know what it'll be called, but it will be these other conferences. Now, I've also heard an idea that was put out by a radio talk show host, which is interesting. It'll never happen, but it is very interesting in that they thought a good idea would be to go with the European idea of uh, relegation. Oh, relegation. Okay. That would be right. fun. That would be good Where time. you've got these two big leagues yeah. or whatever, Big 12, uh, SEC. Then you've got the other conferences, and you have the opportunity to elevate yourself to one of those big conferences, and then maybe the bottom three or four teams get relegated right down to these other conferences. Right, right. So then it right. forces you to to be relevant. It, it gives you some recruiting opportunities if you're in one of those smaller conferences. Hey, we got a, everyone's got a chance to, if we put things together here, we have the opportunity. Now, the catch is, like, in professional sports, if I, things aren't going well for me, I can go out and, and sign – X, Y, and Z for the upcoming year and be good to go. You can't do that in college sports per se because I can recruit to a certain extent, but I can't rely on all first-year players to carry the load in football. Like, that's not realistic. But you're not far from that with an LNIL. Right, we're getting there. Yes, you're right. We are getting there. So I thought that was an interesting concept was this relegation idea. I don't know – feasibly like that's a lot of infrastructure that would have to be created yeah and no, i don't see that i don't i mean either. i don't i i'm sure an alabama a, a uh you know well those big uh, schools would never, never sign they're up they're for never that. gonna they're never gonna sign up why because they have a chance i, I think I, but i but i i think that you know this is the ever-changing landscape of what is now college sports and, and it's driven and the crazy thing about it and we said this a minute ago johnson like it's driven 100 percent by football like i feel like basket and like basketball is still giant like we're you know it's giant revenue generating sport for most of for a lot of these schools but basketball because basketball because ncaa basketball years ago fixed the whole issue with the fact that they just do march madness and like conference tournaments are important but nobody gives two craps about them because at the end of the day people care about the ncaa tournament and these well now 68 or 60 whatever 70 how many ever teams they have now uh play in it 68 teams playing you know I think that that's what's changed the whole landscape of it is like nobody basketball gets left behind. So this is all about football and football money. Yeah, And it makes you wonder if Olympic sports kind of like soccer does. That's one that jumps to the top of my mind. Do they just continue to like do their own thing regionally? Like you see teams do like, you know, even WVU they're in the big 12, but don't they play soccer in the Mac? I think now, or perhaps conference USA conference. USA, so it's I think, it's yeah. funny how I think the Olympic, 
I think the Olympic sports will continue to because you can you can imagine that UCLA and USC's, you know, like swim team or something. I, I don't know. They can't be celebrating right. this because who has no. the budgets to, to go to Piscataway, New Jersey not, and stuff? Well, like that? they're going to celebrate <laughs> right. it if the school's getting money. Right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. That's of course. The, that's the catch. I just mean, practically, it doesn't seem I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong, I guess. But I think you'll you would have to continually see those things continue to reform. But Guido, I'll, I'll end my comments by saying like I think everything we talked about here really is a good roundup. I just hope my other fear is that this continues to drag like what, whatever happens, and, yeah. I hope it happens in a relatively near term time frame. I like, I'm tired of, I would love to just see the other shoe drop on this and just let's whatever, wherever we're going, let's just go ahead and get there. So I can go back to being a <laughs> right. college football fan, please. <laughs> and you know, and it's funny, it's funny you say that because I've heard both, I think Dennis Dodd and Brent McMurphy uh, say in the last like, you know, couple of weeks, they talk about how like, well, it's all going to be sussed out by the end of July, and then the next, you know, three tweets later, it's like, well, we may still be dealing with this in the summer of 2023. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, I don't I, listen. I'm an old man. My heart can't like, take let's it. Let's just like, get there. But I, I feel like, I feel like Johnson though. The good part about this whole thing is. I feel like West Virginia is actually in a very good position. Unlike what happened with the Big East when it fell apart, I think now with their positioning in the Big 12, the amount of TV screens that they gather, I think all of that, I think West Virginia is in a good position to not be like all of a sudden, to use a term Scoot said, relegated to a Conference USA or an AAC or whatever. Like, I think West Virginia is in a good place to land on their feet. They're not going to be in a Big Ten or an SEC, and we know that. Let's, like, like where we're at and understand that maybe we can compete and be in a better position. You yeah, know? well, and let's go forward instead of continuing to scramble I think is what you mean too, right? Like we're, we we right. don't have to be, hopefully I'm being positive here. doesn't feel like, it feels like the conference is finally in a position where it doesn't have to scramble. It can be a little more selective. It can, it can kind of solidify the future. Let's hope so. I hope that's where it's at. So let's take a few minutes and talk about some other things. There's other WVU sports stuff to talk about, not just this crazy conference. So let's talk about, first of all, backyard brawl where what Johnson, last time I looked, I think we are something like 55 days away. We're in the 50 ish day yep. away, uh, range to the backyard brawl. A uh, couple things. W one thing is uh, WVU has already sold out their allotment for the right. game. Which I think is like 6,000 tickets or something, 8,000, 6,000. So don't worry. There's 55,000 55, pit tickets that are left that I'm sure you can buy just by calling the pit athletic Yeah, I, I wonder how many you know beyond that i i keep thinking it's going to be a huge amount beyond that a lot man you, you would think i i'm continuing to think you're going to see like a 50 50 at least split if not more lopsided toward wvu we know we've played there in the past and we've just simply it's been a home game so i i know Pitt's coming off an acc championship i know they haven't played us in you know, however many years they're going to pay more attention to to be getting up for this one and probably sell tickets for true pit fans. But I, I don't know. I continue to think WVU fans are going to gobble these tickets up. Well, I will tell you, I have been keeping an eye on tickets. There are not. There's actually, I mean, there are tickets left. You can go online and get tickets, StubHub. You can find tickets places. 
there aren't a ton of tickets left. Like they're still, you know, they're and the prices are still pretty high. I mean, you know, you're paying 120 bucks a seat to go see WVU play pit in Heinz field. It's going to be huge. It's going to be sold out. I mean, there it's going to be a full stadium, which is exciting. I think it's, you know, for WVU fans, it's exciting to get back to, um, you know, playing pit again and having the backyard brawl back in the, in the schedule. I think for pit fans, it'll be exciting to be playing in front of a full crowd. Maybe, I mean, you know, they don't do that very often, um, unless they're on the road. Uh, so it'll be good for that. Uh, I don't, I mean, I can't even tell you the last time pit has probably sold out Heinz field. This will be one of those rare times. The other cool thing is, is for WVU Johnson, uh, scoot, there's, some pretty awesome uniforms that they released for the game. Johnson is all over these things. Now, I will give you credit, Johnson. Please. Now, I wanted some credit for my reaction on this. They are a sharp, it's a sharp-looking uniform. But what do I traditionally do? Johnson and I are suckers. We're suckers for the state And what do I traditionally do, Scoot? I traditionally hate on anything other than blue, blue, I mean, uh, gold pants, blue jerseys, blue helmets, as God intended, right? I hate on right. anything other. Th- I'm one of those curmudgeony people. So when you initially sent me this, I was ready to hate it. And I, I was hoping you would give me some points for, I, I read through this description as well. You sent me this tweet about, uh, it says all roads lead to the brawl. And it's explaining how in the number there are country roads from the, like I wanted to run through a wall after I read this tweet, Right. We're ordering these yes. uniforms, Johnson, aren't we? Like, I we're mean, ordering, and the helmet, uh, uh, it's I, white. I was ready to hate a white helmet. And then, like Guido said, it's got the yellow and blue stripe. You, you suck me in with the striping in the state and the WV flying in the middle of the state. Like, it, I want to sign up to fight something. You know what I mean? Like, come on. This was, that was, and the stripes mean terrific. country roads as well. So there's a lot of like meaning behind it. Um, unfortunately, I think it's just for this one game. So, like, that's, it's going to be like come and gone. Well, I'm, I'm amped. Like I didn't really need anything to amp me up more for this upcoming game, but this, this is cool. These uniforms look completely cool. I mean, I think, I think they look awesome. I'm excited about them. I mean, you know, I, I will tell you like I, when they, when you look at the pattern, when you see like the I 79 up the middle of the Jersey, when you, you know, and all the, all the, two, whatever, two, whatever those scoots, scoots roads. Like I call them scooties roads because he drives them all the time. Like two eighteen, like who drives two eighteen, right? Like who drives these routes? Like scoots, like, uh, scoots, that's a Tuesday. That's a Tuesday for scoot. Like scoots always out there. Like, I don't even know where some of these are, but like, uh, I'm excited for it. I think that, you know, for WVU fans and, and it's, and it's great. I, I'm actually, I think it's great that this game is at Heinz field at pit, you know, at pit as much as you'd love to have the first game in Morgantown. Like I think the fans are going to be amped. I think a lot of West Virginia people are going to drive the couple of hours up to Pittsburgh to see this. And, you know, and for me, Scooty, like on the back of the helmet route 33, which is very important to me and scoot, you know, cause we drove that, That's right. we drove 33 a lot there, like through uh Upshur County, all of that. Like, I love it, man. It's, it's great. It's just, it's it sharp. Just hits, it's it great. checks all the boxes as far as I'm concerned. Right. I mean, it's it's going to be fun. I mean, I love the fact that it's going to be a Thursday. I mean, at first I was mad it was a Thursday night game. I was like, oh, do I really want a Thursday night game? Now I'm, like, pumped about it. Like, everything about this game I'm excited about. Yeah, me too. I'm all in. I was already all in. Now I'm all all in. 
you're all all in. So the other thing, WVU uh, football this week. I mean, I'm getting pumped for football season. WVU football this week announced their, I guess we'll call it like their promotional schedule, their promotional dates. So uh, September 10th against Kansas is the gold rush. So everybody's going to wear gold. You would then assume, Johnson, that uh, your favorite jersey, all gold jerseys will be worn that day. Yeah, and I mean, just whatever. Get rid of those against Kansas, right? Like, who, who cares? Yeah, right. That's fine. Banana suits against Kansas. Banana suits against Kansas. Banana suits against Kansas. October 13th, we're striping the stadium against Baylor. Uh, homecomings, the 29th against TCU. And Senior Day against K-State, November 19th. So those are all going to be exciting times for WVU. Excited for those those dates to get released, guys. So football season is right around the corner, Scoot. I mean... It'll be here quick. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see maybe how the depth chart starts to shape up. Uh, curious about the quarterback position to see how that looks because we got four that we know of. I would think that somebody's not going to be be there. I don't know. Right. I mean, we're less than a month away from camp starting for you know the game. You know, to get prepped for the season, we are very. It's it's things are going to be happening. WVU though, I will say, I, I I know we alluded to it earlier. The preseason Big Twelve media poll came out. This past week on the 7th and uh, WVU did not fare as well as I kind of hoped. Even with the addition of JT Daniels, WVU slotted in eighth place for uh, the Big 12 football media preseason poll. No first place votes. Iowa State was sixth. They got one first place vote. Everybody thinks Baylor's going to finish first. Oklahoma second. Oklahoma State third. Texas fourth. K-State, surprising. K-State fifth in the preseason poll, uh, Iowa State, TCU, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Kansas finishing below West Virginia in that poll. So it'll be interesting to see how that all comes together. I, I don't – I guess I kind of had hoped, guys, that maybe we would have seen like a fifth or a sixth in the preseason poll for West Virginia and not an eighth. I feel like, Scooty, eighth is a little bit of a – you know, a little bit of gut punch. No, I well, I think um, I think it's accurate because Vegas has a safe. Vegas is usually pretty accurate. Um, we've not won three games in a row under Neil Brown. I'll say that one more time. I think that that's a crazy stat. So until you start winning three games in a row or more, I think uh, eighth sounds about right. I think TCU being ranked ahead of WVU makes me scratch my head a little bit because they're trying to now come off, uh, um, you know, a season where their coach left, they're going to be answering a lot of questions, not only on the field, but in the coaching, you know, how the direction of that team from a coaching standpoint. Um, So I, you know, that one I didn't expect, and I didn't expect Kansas state to be as high as fifth Guido, just because I I don't know. There must be something there that sports writers think, or that Vegas thinks has gone on since we last saw the purple uh, purple Kansas that would put them ahead of like an Iowa State and, and a WVU. I I don't know. That seems that one seems a little bit puzzling to me too. Yeah, and and again, I mean, especially with the fact that Matt Campbell at Iowa State, you know, is building that program allegedly. Like, I thought Iowa State would get a little bit more of a a little bit more love. I thought West Virginia with JT Daniels would get a little bit more love. And apparently, though. Um, you know, Big 12 media doesn't really care about that. Big 12 media day, uh, you know, is 
I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, how much does all of this weigh? Uh, I think, you know, it's coming up this week, July 13th, 14th, Big 12 Media Day. You can watch a lot of it on ESPNU, Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Plus. You can see interviews. I'm sure West Virginia is sending JT Daniels there. I'm sure you're going to see like a Dante Stills and maybe even a Zach Frazier there in front of the uh, dais talking to the Big 12 media. But I thought for sure West Virginia would get a little bit more love with some of the postseason, you know, off-season things that they've added to the program. But I hear you, Scoot. Like, you got to win. You got to win games. You got to show that you can win games to, done, like, to, to get some love. Graham Harrell, JT Daniels aside, we don't know what positive impact they're going to have. We have yet to see. Well, that, and I guess so. that's what they're saying, right? They're they're saying, hey, that those two additions don't move the needle Sounds enough good, to but, convince me right. you're going to do anything. So it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. All right, guys, we're right up on it. We should really wrap it up, but I do have a couple of little items I want to add into here. Congratulations to WVU, former WVU baseball standout, Alec Manoa making the MLB all-star game. I mean, Scoot, you saw him pitch, I think once. I mean, he's I amazing. He's uh, yeah. He's for a rookie last year. To continue to do as well as he's done, I, people compare him to Roger Clemens. And I mean, he's the ace of the Blue Jays staff right now. So, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome to see him make the All-Star game. So, congratulations um, to him. Uh, also want to say, hey, congratulations to the WVU women's basketball. New head coaches here. A lot of stuff happening. WVU women's basketball will be playing, was announced, that they'll be playing in the Cancun Challenge uh, against, I think, Harvard, Florida State, a couple of other teams in there. Uh, in that converted ballroom, boys, uh, maybe they'll be uh, one, of, you know, one of those mop guys who will set a pick for them as they uh, are yeah, playing. Yeah, this is game. where it looked like we were playing next to like a K&W cafeteria in a hotel ballroom. And you're right, Guido. <laughs> that's, where the, uh, that's where the kid was still like mopping the lane when active play was going on, I think, in one of those games. Guido, I will give, yes. you, I will give you $20 if you can pronounce the head coach's last name uh, correctly. Tra- on the first can, try. Can, can you do it, Scoot? Do you know? Can no, you I have say, no idea. Oh, I was going to say, I thought you could maybe say uh, her name. I've tried. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure that I can say it's Dawn, right? Dawn is the first yes. name. We, I, got, I got that part of it. Plitzkowit? <laughs> Plitzkowit? What is it? How do you I say it? I think it's Plitzkowit, but I don't. That's how I would say I was say going it. to say Plitzkowit. Yeah, but I don't know. You throw like a CK in there somewhere. Plitzkowit? You kind of gave it a clutch a lot. <laughs> a Z. You know what the problem is, is? When you see all those consonants, you want to hit them all, right? You want to hit the hit all those Click, consonants. Clicklia you... or something is what you're giving. <laughs> Clicklia. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. I mean, it'll be interesting because first head coach for first new head coach for WVU women's basketball in 20 plus years. Uh, so it'll be, you know, it'll be a new team. It'll be a new life for WVU women's basketball. Last thing, guys, I want to land on is friend of the show, a good friend of ours and uh, sometimes guest on the show. Brent Solheim selected as one of the top 100 all-time WVU basketball players, Johnson. Yeah, pretty cool. The uh, Blue Gold News put together a list of their top 100 all-time. They put Brent at 92 uh, behind Jermaine Haley and everyone's favorite, Carl Head, who I had to understand who that (laughs) was. But that's pretty cool. I mean, listen, there's been – we've been rolling out the carpet with – some marquee names over the years so i i think that's an honor congratulations to brent i mean he's always going to be number one in our hearts scoot right that's right 
<laughs> so congratulations. <laughs> congratulations to Brent. I hope he's listening. Um, and I hope he knows that he's one of the top 100 basketball players. You're doing the- all this to butter him up to get him back on the show, aren't you? That, it's a it's a play. I tell you, man. I mean, I know he's got he's got a lot. Of, hey, listen, he's a good, he, he, he actually is like uh, all joking aside. He's he, he was a very good friend of Johnson's in college back in the day. Uh, that now, you know how old Johnson is. Um, so, uh, and he's but, a busy man, uh, but we're constantly trying to, he's a very Guido's busy man, constantly trying he's to a, lure him back on to the show. So we'll have yeah. him back on soon, especially if all this conference realignment goes down and we have new basketball, uh, foes to talk about, we're definitely going to have to get him on. Yeah. He's got, he's got a lot of, he's listen, there's a lot of commuting going on in his life. A lot of driving, I think right now. So it's fine. We get it. We get it. We get it. Mr. Solheim. Like you'll join us when you have time. Totally understand. Uh, so uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be fun. But congratulations to him, top 100 WVU basketball players of all time. Well, listen up, guys. We're going to do uh, another show in like two weeks, and then uh, we'll take a couple weeks off, and we'll be back for football season, and then we'll be back at it, you know, all the time. Like, we will hit our every week shows, breaking down the games, talking about the good and the bad, and all those things that we normally talk about. Uh, don't forget, you can find us online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter. Find us on our social medias, at Got Your Ears On. And uh, you can also find our website, gotyourearson.com. Johnson, it's sort of like the hub of everything about us. It is the hub. We uh, post every show there in blog form. Uh, We put the link to the latest show there as well. You can click on the tune in link and you can see our latest tweets and you can click through to the merch store to check out the latest uh, GYEO merch. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. uh, Gotyourearson.com. So we'll be back soon, guys. Thanks for listening. Scooty, stay out of trouble. Always will. Don't do anything I would. I mean, you got off the hook this week. No bluff the fluffs, Cloney, uh, kind of sleeping at the sleep at, at the wheel, sleep at the keyboard. Yeah, that's what he does. I mean, I don't know what the man's doing. We didn't get a bluff the fluff. He, so listen, Scoot, he lives an active lifestyle. You need to cut him. He does. Scoot, he's there's a lot of wiffle uh, wiffle ball action with that kid. I mean, there's a lot Scoot, going he's on. He's giving you a reprieve. You know, he didn't want you to lose again this week, so he's just letting you have one more one more episode where you get to forego that loss until until next time. Listen, I, things have not been the same on Bluff the Fluffs since we've had some questions about Elf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, Scoot's begging for me to go back to writing Bluff the Fluffs, so we'll see what happens. But listen, once season kicks in, it'll be a weekly event. We'll get Bluff the Fluffs back. We'll got Can't Believe My Ears will be coming back. We'll be back to regular shows. But it's summertime, and, and you know, we've got vacationing and sitting by the pool, right, Scoot? That's, That's right. Get done. I yeah. got a, su- a sunbathing. Yep, Scoot's got to fix. He's got to get that tan. You know that bikini line. Take care of my tan. Rough lines. on Scooty. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, anyways, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another show, and uh, check us out online. We'll see you guys uh, before you know it. So, you've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got your ears on.